0: I think just like the road's not going to be easy and like it's up to you whether you decide to keep going or not and there's going to be things that get in the way whether you're in high school and there's friends, there's going out, there's hanging out, there's doing all these things which is all nice and you have to have it for balance but there's going to be times when you got to wake up at 4.35 to go work out and it's not because someone's making you it's because that's what you need to do.
1: Up Basketball is proud to bring you Mental Buckets, a show about professionals in sports, the stories behind their careers, and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Up Basketball. Through basketball, we strive to develop hardworking and mentally tough individuals who understand that their potential is unlimited. For more information on our basketball skills training, check out our website at www.upbtraining.com. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co-founder of Up Basketball.
2: And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends. On the show today, we got Sabrina Unescu,
1: number one pick in the WNBA draft this year to the New York Liberty. We all know her from her time at Oregon and all the records she set and broke for men and women's basketball in college. She's a Beria native from Walnut Creek, went to Miramonte High School, and played her AAU days for the Cal Stars. One of the main themes to me in this episode was separating good from great and what that separator tends to be. And it tends to be the extra work, the attention to detail, and the ability to put your craft and your dreams above everything else. And that's what Sabrina really dives
2: into on this episode and something that really stood out. And we talk about Sabrina's preparation and approach to going into Florida for the WNBA bubble. And she also shares with us her thoughts on being present and what it means to focus on what you can control and how to navigate tough situations. But not only that, it's navigating the road to greatness and what that really means. And I think there's a lot of great, great advice in here for younger players. And so thank you for listening. Enjoy. Sabrina, you're the number one pick overall. You've obviously had a pretty well-documented, well-known journey. And now you're going into the professional world. You know, what has it been like in the off season getting ready for that, but like handling all these other distractions, right? Because especially when I work with guys, when they go in that rookie transition, they're now getting pulled in all these different directions. And like, how do you just make sure you're focused on the right things?
0: Yeah, I mean it definitely was a lot, especially in the week to two weeks after I got drafted. Um, it was a lot of media, a lot of interviews, just a lot of things going on. Um, but then it kind of settled down, and I was able to just figure out what I needed to do to get ready for the season starting in two, three months after, two to three months after I got drafted. So um, I'd really just been working out, finished school um kind of figured out what I needed to do and found ways to to take care of that but obviously all the media stuff and everything else that was taking my time needed to be done and was also important at the time so I took care of that as well
1: going back to when you were like in high school when you were coming up in high school what was a moment when you kind of realized like you had a chance to do this like when did you kind of pick up that that steam and that momentum
0: um, Probably not until I got recruited by like a lot of the top schools. I really just played to like have fun and I loved the game so I just played and then I, coaches started coming to the games and I started getting offers and I was like, oh, maybe I can play in college and then decided to go to Oregon and kind of just continue to do the same thing I did in high school at a higher level and everything really just took care of itself.
2: Nice. And how was it being back training in California though? I personally like being back. Being from living in Texas for a while, being in the hundred degree heat. But how do you how'd you like to transition back this summer, going from Oregon, which is I'm sure you, I've been to the campus once. It's pretty nice. But how did you feel coming back, being back home and all that?
0: I mean, it was nice. Obviously, different with the coronavirus going on. It's not like I could see a bunch of family, and not like I could get into easy access to gyms or weight training or anything that I would normally do while I was home. So definitely different, but it was nice to be home and just be able to be with some of my family for the draft and see some of my friends that are out here.
1: You know, one thing that I've always found, you know, really impressive with you is your ability to be present and be focused on whatever the task at hand is. Um, but this year, what after that first loss, right to uh, louisville we had a phone call and you said it was the first time you were thinking about like what if i don't go number one what if i don't break all these records that everyone keeps talking about and um like that was something you'd never experienced before what was that like in that process and and how did you feel how did you get back to it
0: yeah i mean it was not easy just because that was it was early on in the season that we had experienced that loss and I had come back from my senior year and all people were talking about was the records and the draft that was supposed to happen and there was just so much outside noise and outside media talk that was going on that especially after we lost I was like dang I hope that I made the right decision and I hope that I play well and live up to expectations and so kind of hit a bump in the road and then it kind of just start keep kept grinding away at it and kept going and then everything took care of itself I got comfortable again um I really stopped focusing on all that noise and just played basketball and everything really just took care of itself I mean I think I had the best year out of my four years probably actually 100% did numbers wise so I mean it, it definitely took care of itself but I had to remove myself from like thinking about things that weren't in my control
2: how how did you go about doing that? I'm just curious because for some people it can spiral. Some people just innately you can get yourself out of it. Was there anything that you did specifically to help you with that?
0: Um, I mean, I talked to a lot of people about it, but not nothing really – I didn't have to do much. I mean, I knew deep inside that I was fine. I think mm-hmm. I was just trying to talk myself into something that wasn't going to happen and scenarios that that weren't going to happen. Um But I think just over time, I mean, I, I had a good game and then I kind of from there, it's like, okay, I gained some confidence and then I just kept going and then never looked back and never let that doubt really like creep in after that moment.
1: Yeah. I remember one thing we were talking about was like, you can't like everything's numbers, right? If we really look at it, like, okay, how much time's left, how much, but you never really think about it. You're just hooping. Yeah. That's the right play, right? Everything. So it's just about getting back to what got you here, right? Which wasn't. The numbers it no. wasn't i have to do this it was just like you said like you just kept hooping and it just kept coming
0: yeah
1: and so once you got back to that and just locked in it was good
0: yeah exactly the everything always be there took care of itself yeah
2: right and it's so ironic because like everyone always wants to talk about numbers which from when my perspective it sort of what i do it drives me crazy because i'm trying to get everyone out of numbers right and and so it's just interesting because that's what's always asked in the media it's what's always people are judged by but i feel that the irony is you have to let go of any type of numbers to get the results you want whether that's winning you can't control winning you can't control making shots you can't control how many minutes you play like at the end of the day like if you want those things and again this is what i believe but you gotta just get into like packy said this play this is the right read i trust my skills and i do my thing and then at the end of the day, yeah, you're hooping and you look up and I'm like, oh shit, I have thirty five points and eight assists.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And especially in today's like society, it's all about numbers, media, followers, posts. It's all about things that are so not important that people can get sidetracked easily from what, what really is and that's how hard you work and basically everything that you can control.
2: Mm-hmm and and it's also become I feel like sometimes cliche to talk about okay yeah focus on what you can control the process the work but when it's really tested it, I feel like it's in those moments when maybe you've had a loss or a bad game and then you you can feel it I don't really know how to describe it but you can feel it you can feel that heaviness sometimes and then that's where the training comes in and you have to like you said you were able to get out of it and that's I I just want to say that's super cool and very important and it's courageous to do because a lot of times you got to have that support system too, whether it's trainers, coaches, family. Like, I think it's a big thing for sure.
0: Definitely.
1: What has been like when you were, let's say like in high school or, or even younger, right? What, what did you do then if you had a bad game? Cause I mean, they probably came a little bit more often when you were definitely, younger.
0: I mean, I like, Basically the same thing I would do now. Like I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'd probably get back in the gym and work on the things that I didn't think I did well. Um, I'd probably think about it a lot longer than I would now. Just because now it's like you got to think of the next game. And there's so much going on that you have to keep going forward. And back then it's like I would probably think about that game for two weeks and still be pissed off about it. And I'm probably still pissed off about it now. But I'm definitely like over it. Um, But I just had to keep looking forward and especially when you're young it's like you play five games in a weekend if you lose one the next games in like two hours so you had to move on to the next and I had great coaches and my coach was great about all right like next next game what could we do better what could we learn from that game In wins and in losses not only in losses and so we just did that and kind of dissected after every single game and then just kept going forward. Kelly
1: was on you though, right? Yeah. He was all, like, he told me a story, something about you were getting taped yeah. one time and you were like late to something and he just got he locked, you up.
0: No, he locked me out of the team room <laughs> and I wasn't late. You were on time. I was on time, yeah. but late. He just decided I would be late. So he locked the team room door and didn't let me in <laughs> pregame. I went out for 14 in the first quarter. I was on base for like 60. I was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> that next game. so It worked. It worked. Yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah.
1: He, he knew what pushed your buttons. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. What? I, I mean, playing for SOPAC and then for Graves, what was the difference in their coaching styles?
0: They didn't have much difference. Um, It was a pretty easy transition, honestly. Uh, obviously different just coming from a high school yeah. club coach to college and – Everything kind of that that has to translate from that, but they were really similar. I mean, there was they were like approaching every single practice in game the same, no matter who we were playing. Practices were just as hard as games. Um, they never looked over any opponents. It was all about perfecting what you can, um, being the best that you can, being a really good teammate. Like they really, really have great values and like team and family and what's around you and how that helps you as a player on and off the court. So the transition wasn't hard. I think it just instilled even more, like once I left SOPAC and went to graves, I think it just instilled and even heightened some of that stuff that I learned to a whole nother level.
2: So it was like, if I'm hearing you right, it was like a family atmosphere, like culture oh, yeah. values. This is how we yeah. treat each other. This is how we act. Definitely. And then you're not as much talk about, we have to win this game.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I, I really, I really like that because it just like, it just sends that message of, look, this is who we're going to be and this is what we believe in. Cause it feels like sometimes when things are rough, cause there's always going to be a rough, a rough time, even if you're winning, it's going to get rough, but you know, you know who you guys are as a team and as individuals, this is like what we go back to and hang our hat on to get us out of this.
0: Yeah, no, the family atmosphere is really, I think, what a lot of teams need to be successful. It's hard to do it with everyone on their own agendas.
1: Is there one one game or one stretch that you feel like was, like, I don't know, most memorable to you or something that you're like, I'm never going to forget that? Was there something that happened?
0: I mean, this, this year for sure um, – just through adversity, through how much pressure we even had as a team, outside pressure this year to, like, win a national championship and play better than we did last year and all the pressure we had on ourselves. Like, we had a lot of great wins this year, and there definitely would have been no way we would have done it if we all were on separate pages. So I think it really proves, like, how close we were and how we all wanted to win and were on the same page. So there was a lot this year that I would say – That I'll always remember. That's why it kind of sucks that we weren't able to finish because I really did think that we had a really good chance of winning just because of the culture that we had this year.
1: And continuity. And even Mignon, like you knew
0: her for a long time. A long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the pieces were there. We had we had depth. We had our starting five was really good. I mean, no one was hurt, knock on wood, like we were where we wanted to be.
1: Yeah. Set you up nicely it's a bummer how it all
0: had yeah.
1: to, to end the the stretch right after right you get the season goes into uh, a hold you come home it's almost draft time and we're in that stretch where it's uh i, I call it the shoe game um we were coming in here and you had what like two weeks to make, make probably a decision. yeah too. it was like two weeks over that two weeks that was probably the most the only time I've seen you not super locked in.
0: Yeah, but definitely. You're, you're,
1: like, a phone call here, a phone call then. Yeah. like that was, Every hour of your day. Every was hour. So ma- mapped out. And then, you know, you had Steph pulling up at the gym to try to, you know, yeah. sway you. What was that whole experience like? Because I know you've said that, you know, he's your favorite player, having him come in.
0: Yeah, no, well that part was awesome. I mean, how busy I was kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. Like literally every single hour was booked of the day with something. Um, but I mean, it was awesome. We got shots up. It was awesome to like come in and just hang out with, with him here, especially during this time and time that I wouldn't have had if this pandemic wasn't going on, I'd probably be still in season or drafted or elsewhere. So I I thought it was awesome that we were able to come in and just talk and grow our relationship, even like kind of beyond the basketball court, shoot hoops and and just talk. So that was really cool to be able to do.
1: Yeah. I think I mean, it, it just goes to show where the women's game is going to be going, because I mean, not that there haven't been women sought out by other shoe companies, but to see you know everyone trying to get their their hat in the ring and what they were going through, the lengths that they were going through, it was it's pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely on the up and coming. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When um when you got drafted being at home and probably the strangest draft ever. Yeah. Uh, ever virtual draft. So that kind of sucked. Um, delays, internet, all that shit was wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Technician> <laughs> how, how did it feel? Was it sigh of relief? Was it like, what were you feeling after that moment?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it was just nice that I didn't have to keep telling people where I was potentially going to get drafted and what was going to happen next. Um, obviously wish I could have been with like more of my family and everyone could have been there and there was only like five or six of us that were able to go so that part definitely sucked but I know like all my friends and family watched and were able to to see it but I think it was more just exciting that now I had something else to look forward to and and get ready for and so it was just nice to like know that I had something to start working like working for and looking forward to whenever that season was gonna start. Yeah.
1: What has it been like? How do you feel like, I mean, I know you haven't got the play yet, but getting ready for the transition, you know, doing some film work with Dustin and with Walt and going through stuff with them. You know, how do you feel going into, you know, this mini season?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel good. I I don't really know what to expect. So I don't know if how much I've been training is going to be good enough. If it's not, if I need to be doing, other things. I mean, I'm doing everything that I can. I don't have access to a weight room. I can't go play pickup anywhere. So it's, I'm just trying to do all the workouts and everything that I can at home and to just get ready the last three months. But I have no idea what to expect. Like usually in college, it's like, I know how much work I need to put in to be ready for the season, but it's like here, maybe they've been working harder. Maybe they've not been working harder. Like the level of Physicality is different. The speed is different. So I'm interested and excited to see the transition because then it'll give me an understanding of like what I need to do better
2: or what I've been doing well so far. Yeah, yeah. And then you get that opportunity to adjust, yeah, on the fly and in the off season too, which is cool. And it's cool. It's definitely like exciting to know how your the labor you put in now and the work you put in now is like is that going to pay off? It's kind of like a an. Ex- you can look at it two ways, right? You can look at it as a panic or you can look at it as this is a great opportunity to see every- if everything I've done, how will it hold up? And it sounds like you're ready for the challenge for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I
1: will say you're one of two people that I've ever had to put a swish challenge to. So I feel like you're going to be pretty, pretty <laughs> ready. We don't just do makes. Mike,
2: we don't do We've makes. switched. Well, this dude. The, the swish game can get pretty controversial too. You know who's judging we the switches. We haven't had too and... many.
0: Usually, I'll just do it over again. Yeah. There's some calls <laughs> that I'm lock. like, eh. on you. Yeah, yeah. There's some calls that I'm like, are you sure that that to me looked like a swish?
2: I can I can confidently say sometimes at the facility with the Mavs, I'm trying to avoid being the judge of the swish. Yeah, For sure. I bet. <laughs> For um, sure. I'm,
1: straight away from it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I know. But if you piss her off, the next spot's going to be a little bit better. Yeah, yeah
0: it, it is. is. <laughs> she'll, get through,
2: she'll get through
1: it a little bit quicker. It,
2: it sounds like when when you get into that mode, Sabrina, you, when you get kind of fired up, you seem to turn it on a little bit. Just from well, that. Yeah,
0: I definitely do. <laughs> she
1: was getting bored with just
0: makes, man. Yeah, so it get, makes was starting to get too
1: easy. We had to give her a real challenge and then we had to <laughs> we had to be, you know, really meticulous with it and go, uh ah, that grazed.
0: Yeah, yeah, it literally barely touches the rim, <laughs> not a swish.
1: What um if there was like to a young girl getting ready to, you know, maybe go into this journey in high school or like wants to get here. What would be something that you would say to them that you, like, think they should do or that you wish that you would have found sooner? Like, what would you do in that regard?
0: I think just, like, the road's not going to be easy. And, like, it's up to you whether you decide to keep going or not. And there's going to be things that get in the way, whether you're in high school and there's friends There's going out, there's hanging out, there's doing all these things, which is all nice and you have to have it for balance. But there's going to be times when you got to wake up at 4.35 to go work out. And it's not because someone's making you, it's because that's what you need to do to get better. And so really trying to understand yourself and what your goals are from a young age, because then you don't let anything get in the way of what you want to accomplish. And from a young age, like I knew that I wanted to play basketball and I didn't let anyone like get in the way of that whether it was no I didn't have that many friends in high school because I didn't have time to go out every single day and go get food go hang out because I was trying to get in the gym and it's the same now I mean I'm in here every morning I'm here almost every night so it's like I don't have time to hang out with that many people and you got to find ways to call them text them and keep a keep a balance but there's going to be so many things that try and pull you away from what your goal is. And if you're sure of yourself and what you want, then you're, you're kind of set.
2: Yeah. And it, you know, there's a couple of things that stood out to me this summer and I guess, I guess it's technically still summer, but two things, the Michael Jordan documentary and um, you know, hearing his dedication and when I watched that and then also with Kobe Bryant, that is what like true dedication is and like commitment, And those guys defined it for me. And I always felt like I knew, right? But when you see that and hear them speak about it, it's just like, you know what you want, you go after it, and the sacrifices are going to be the sacrifices. And that's true dedication and commitment, because I feel like a lot of times people say, I want to be great, or I want to do this, but what does that really entail? And sometimes people have to make, like you said, make a choice, whether it's social, whether it's time, whether it's sleep. And so, yeah, that's, I I thought that was really important.
0: Yeah, it was cool to see that too, because I think everyone knew how great Michael Jordan was, but a lot of people don't understand like how much work and sacrifice and pain like players go through to get there. And it's like once you finally see it, like it wasn't all just like happy, like he went through so much and so many athletes and players do that are have that like mentality and play at that level. So I think it opened a lot of people's eyes when they were able to like see behind the scenes stuff of like the stress he went through and what he put his body through and the decisions he had to make as an athlete to
2: be where he is. Yeah. And like, sometimes it's like being in almost, you're going to be misunderstood at times. Like, Oh, definitely. Why, why aren't you, why aren't you hanging out with us? Like what yeah. what's going on with that? Like, I haven't heard from you in a while. And it's just like if you're super focused sometimes like it's that way, but I, I feel like there's another side too. And from, you know, I can't, I can't, I personally can't relate to you guys and being like as a number one draft pick and a player. But when I was trying to get really good at what I do, there was a time where I was losing touch with a lot of friends in that I didn't realize at the time, but as time went on and I kind of like things calmed down a little bit, it was like, dude, I kind of wish in my eyes, I texted them more or reached out more, hung out a little more and, you know, I'm making up for that now, but it's just part of the deal. And it's so interesting. In sorry, I know it's your your interview, Sabrina, but I'm going to say say a little piece here. But but I feel like though it is a, a very important thing if someone's listening to this at a, a young age is choosing to be great. You also have to choose like what sacrifices you're going to make, like you said. But when you are great, what is it if you don't have people around you that you care about?
0: No, definitely. That's why some like a lot of the times the people my closest friends were the ones that were in the gym with me and that worked out with me and that mm-hmm. I was bringing to the gym and trying to get them with me because that was time that I had, right? And Or the ones that I'm really close to. It's like who I talk to, who I FaceTime at night, who I'm able to keep in contact with, but it's like they know. They know that I'm going to be in the gym in the morning. They know I can't go out. And those are like the closest friends that I have. The ones that don't know me like that then are like, oh, why didn't you come with us? Why aren't you doing this? It's like usually my close friends never question that because they know why I, I do what I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they understand it and they mm-hmm. they accept it. Yeah, exactly. When when I came up to Oregon this past season and, you know, my buddy Mills was with me, the moment he realized, oh shit, Sabrina's on another level is when you're playing a game that we all know you're gonna win by thirty. And we're working out at seven thirty in the morning in yeah, a random gym. Literally. <laughs> you know, uh And we all know you're going to win by 30. Like, it's not even a question, but, like, that's your dedication to it and how good you want to be. And then we watch film and you're just like, you're locked in. And it's, you know, 8 a.m. You're lifting before no one else on the team's lifting. You're doing your shit because you know what it takes to be great. And that's what you're striving for. And that was like a real moment of like, okay, yeah, you really are on this level and you're accepting that responsibility that you've put on yourself and that was that was pretty dope to see because yeah yeah you lost to arizona state there but it was not going to happen there no it definitely (laughs) wasn't so it wasn't it wasn't in question no that that weekend wasn't in question but you were still just like yeah let's do it let's go let's get going
0: exactly yeah that was a good that was fun weekend it
1: was yeah Yeah, that was a good one but like that's your approach and it's a separator and there's not many people um, at any level in any sport that do that. And that's why like quarantine or not, or, you know what I think I looked and Liberty's picked to be dead last. Yeah. Um, You guys are young. Sure. Yeah. All that. Like, but still you always have put in the work to separate yourself and I don't see that changing.
0: Yeah, no, it's not.
1: So it might take a minute, but you're going to figure it out and find your groove and you know, like you did everywhere else
0: yeah no exactly that's i that's why i kind of like that they're starting from ground zero yeah too just like we did at oregon so it's not like new territory for me yeah it's the same
2: yeah in a grander kind of going back to is talking about in a grander scheme of women's basketball and it's definitely on the rise which is awesome and there's so much more support for it i feel like than in past years and where do you really see that going and how do you you know how do you see yourself being a part of that
0: I mean, hopefully just seeing more and more girls playing at a younger age, more club teams, more middle school, high school players, um, college players. I mean, basketball, like men's basketball is so well known. And the women's is starting to be, I mean, there's starting to be more games on TV. People are starting to know more players and more teams. So hopefully just keep growing that and being able to see women's basketball as like a norm, not really as... Oh, you play basketball. Oh, what's what school do you go to or tell me about your school or I've never heard of you and it's a lot of these younger players now, especially with social media, like being the new thing, like they have a million followers and they have their highlights and people know who they are before even entering college. So, I think it's really cool to see a lot of those younger players have that and it, I didn't have it and the players you know before me didn't have it so it's cool to see that these younger generations are starting to get the notoriety that they deserve
1: yeah no i mean i can name you know eight high school girls on a national level yeah they're they're like out there they're getting they're attention. getting Their attention highlights are yeah. out there you know like haley's getting attention Cameron's yeah getting atten- it's just cool to see it like, is really cool yeah it's that was not there five years ago
0: no not at all no And I feel like
2: the teams in college have got better too uh, on the top teams because at least like it used to be just UConn. Like I just remember always hearing about UConn, UConn, UConn. And now it's like, oh, there's a bunch of other teams that are competing and beating UConn. As you start to become a pro, what have you learned about yourself? Because I feel like that time from high school to when you graduate college, there is a time where you can learn a lot about yourself. Is there one thing that sticks out to you?
0: Not yet because I just feel like I haven't really experienced it yet. I still feel like I'm doing everything that I did in college just now at home with my family around, not alone. Um, So I don't think I've really experienced it yet besides like I have to make decisions about like my future and who I sign with and what my business is and all that stuff that I didn't do in college. So that's all been like a learning experience and it's kind of opened my eyes to like having the right people around you to do um, what you believe in and help you with that. So that's definitely been something that I've like learned and has been completely different because in college you can't have that and do that. Um, so that's been pretty cool to experience. And other than that, I think it'll once I start playing that a lot more will kind of come from the season starting.
2: You went and worked with Steve Nash. What challenged you there? What pushed you? And what do you feel like he helped you with? Because that's what's going to help you in the pro game.
0: The way that he just approaches the game and just how he's such a nice person. I mean, he's just so giving his time and energy. I mean, we still talk like three or four times a week now. Um, But just his approach to the game and how he wasn't the most athletic. And I guess you could say he, he, he has an underdog mentality. I mean, he was always an underdog, but he was able to get what like what he wanted done because of how he had a mindset that was different than other people's and how he figured out how to be great in the way that he approaches the game and the way he took care of his body and was able to play as long as he did so it was cool even like him coaching me through stuff it's like you can feel it and see that he's different than a lot of the players just because of how intelligent and smart he is so that was really cool to be able to see like firsthand.
2: Yeah, it was actually he talked to our G League team on the road in L.A. And I was like, I'll never forget that. And just he talked about and I'm sure you've heard some similar things, but, it, you know, his passion, his discipline, the way he would set up his routine, just like all those little details and then taking care of your body, foam rolling, stretching. And it's just like, man, everything this guy did was so planned out and calculated. Yeah, no,
0: he's yeah, he's great he's really good at that stuff
2: and asking himself also like the right questions like at the end of the day like what were my strengths what do I need to start doing you know all these little things and and it's stuff that can be overlooked or or not easily done because it's easy to put off asking yourself questions at the end of the day about your game right or just yourself and where you're at in life but I thought that was super cool because then it gives you like it gives you the map it gives you the plan and if you really sit and think about it it's like yeah, I can, I can figure this out on my own. And of course you need help from others, but ultimately you, you intuitively will have some answers too. So I just thought that was super cool hearing it from, from him. (laughs) Like that's, yeah, that's fired up. It's like, I don't know what is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool that you guys were able to do that.
1: If there's anyone that you say you looked up to when you were younger, who would it be and why? Like, what was it that, like, you looked up and or, like, saw in them that you, like, inspired?
0: I would say Steph for sure. And I'd say, like, it was Steph, Kobe. I I watched a lot of Steve Nash also, which is crazy that I'm, like, friends with all three, like, yeah. three of them now. Um, but, those, I mean, just the way that, like, had, they had that killer mentality and, like, approached the game. And Steph always, like, I was a huge fan of, obviously, because he was with the Warriors when I was – young and um still is and being from the bay area i was able to watch a bunch of the games but him just coming in at such a young age and so many people doubted him and didn't think that he was good they didn't even want him here at one point um to see like how he was able to just trust in the process believe in himself and then be arguably the best shooter in nba history so it's just really cool to be able to see how all of those people's journeys have changed and how all those like people's journeys um, are so unique to them, and but it all comes down to like their mindset and how they approach the game and their mentality and how they're all great people outside of, on the court and basketball. It's like they care about the people around them and the community, and their impact's far greater than just basketball. So I think that's something that is huge to be able to see at a young age, and then be able to like see up close and personal now when I'm going through what they did.
2: Yeah, it's like that experience now it's like okay now I'm in this experience and I may have heard it from people before but now we're in it now you can so like apply the advice which I think is cool and then it's a whole different animal when that happens
0: no definitely I would have never like thought or imagined that when I was like younger or even now it's still like oh it's crazy to think of
1: I remember when you I mean you posted it but that, that picture of you high and stuff yeah I was like, like 11 like, yeah <laughs> That was just that was crazy. Yeah,
0: now it's like we're friends. it's just crazy to like.
1: It's a cool thing. Yeah, it is. All right, then last one. If um, let's say let's just say it's those guys. I mean, can they beat you in horse? Well, Steph didn't. (laughs) True, he didn't. He lost. He lost in a game of Under Armour. In a game of Nike pig, Nike, pig yeah we played every He beat one. me
0: he beat me like 3 times but I I'm I beat him on that last You did That last game we yeah. had we haven't played since
1: That's true You did take him down Yeah Okay so you got him
0: Yeah I'm I'm not great in horse or pig because <laughs> I don't have trick shots It's true I'm just I'll just like have a shootout at that point I'll just shoot from random spots on the floor So if someone has trick shots they'll beat you, me You did hit the half quarter, though Yeah that's not a trick shot, though. I mean... Kind of, I guess. Kind of. To
1: do it, be able to do it consistently.
0: Yeah. Well, he hit it, didn't he? Yeah, it's true. It's he true. hit it right yeah. after me because I thought that was game, and then he hit it. That's true. That was impressive. Though. Yeah, that was a really fun game of
1: Pig. Yeah, that was probably the best game of Pig I've ever seen. Thank you guys for listening today. Huge shout-out to Sabrina for coming on. One of the other things that I really liked about this episode was how Sabrina shed light on how the women's game is changing, how you know young girls now are using Instagram and being highlighted more on Instagram. When she was in high school, you would never see a girl's mixtape on social media, and now it's the norm, and it's really growing the game. She's played a big part in that, and we have so many young women that come in our gym that it's great to see how it's changing and how they now have clear role models that are visible on a daily basis. You know, they've always been there, but they haven't always been accessible on an everyday level. And that's what's been really cool to see and what Sabrina's kind of anchoring into this new age. And I think she's gonna become the the face of the WNBA in the next few years here.
2: And one of my favorite parts of the, the conversation was just when we talked about getting out of the numbers game and getting into what's happening right now getting into what's actually in your control and locking into that. And I thought Sabrina shared some great stories around her experiences with doing that and also her experiences on the road to greatness and the sacrifices she made. And really, her self-awareness and her approach to her challenges was very impressive to me. So if you really like this episode, make sure you subscribe, share it with a friend, give it a like, give it a comment. We would really appreciate it. And thanks for listening.
1: Our show was produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mental Buckets, at Pat Turn with three Ts, and at UPB Training. A special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and Jordan Jimenez for the sound engineering.